Greetings, everybody. Um, you are now entering the podcast of Elegance and Class. Uh, it's so good to be back, to be honest with you guys. Welcome to Chris Talks. I um, I always like to li- give like some sort of like a smooth intro or whatnot, but um, <laughs> but yo, tonight it's a late night, like real late. Um, I'm here with a couple friends of mine. Uh, Jamie's in the building. And a special friend of mine is in the building, actually visiting from my hometown, New Orleans. And uh, he's what can I say about this guy, man? He's a uh, he's a great guy. He's a uh, controversial figure. Uh, <laughs> I used to work with this dude like back in the day, and half my job was telling him things not to say. And so, uh, so it's good, man. It's good coming up with him. I known this guy for like I want to say like fifteen years. Uh, so it's, it's going to be an interesting conversation. This is one of the people that has known me um, for a while. He's known me pre, I want to say pre-dating. Um, In a sense, he's known me uh, for a while. So it should be a very interesting conversation. Y'all have to pardon us right now. We are we are drinking sangrias. We, we had good gumbo tonight. Like, it was a good soul food night, guys. If you're listening right now, just, just picture, like, it's, it's post-12. We're good. We're in a good position. Like you know, what I'm saying we we're full. We got our liquor. We're straight. So that's the type of evening we get into. But um, like without further ado, I'd like to introduce my friend, uh, David Branstead. Everybody, David, Dave, how you doing, my dude? I am doing wonderful here. Excellent, man. Thank you, man. Um, first of all, you're visiting Seattle for like the first time. Like, how is it going? Going pretty good, actually. It's uh different a lot different than home yeah yeah it's very different um what are the things that you notice sir a lot of rain there's a lot of rain <laughs> no actually the weather's been really nice here this time of year um we've been really lucky with that um mostly the drivers here suck okay yeah that's fair they are horrible drivers that's here. fair um there's a lot of white people out here that too that's what i've noticed that's a lot of noticed. yeah so <laughs> a lot of white people a lot of asian people a little yes. bit of pepper here and there. A little bit of pepper. Uh, Just light. Light. Not as bad as Denver, though. Denver is white as a son of a bitch. Denver is very unseasoned. Very much. So, but it's okay. It's. I feel like that's what it's supposed to be. Like, it's that great Rocky Mountain High, John Denver type swag. You know? It's pretty much the conservatives who left California to go smoke pot in the Rockies. Mm. Man, that's accurate as fuck. <laughs> that's accurate. <laughs> all right, man. Yo, man, we about to vibe out, man. Uh, thank you, first of all, for agreeing to do this. It's gonna be interesting, man. Uh, we gonna we gonna go through a journey, man. What I one of the things that I like to do, uh, with with Chris talks is actually just vibe out with my friends and find out about their past, present, and future. I may ask some awkward questions because I've known you longer, so. This is going to be interesting, all right? You you good with this? Let's do it. All right, cool, cool, cool. We're going to start off, man. First things first, Dave. Uh, who the fuck are you, man? Like, I like asking <laughs> all these <laughs> Well, let's see. I am a five foot ten white male from southern Louisiana. Southern Louisiana. <laughs> Where are you from in southern Louisiana? Please, rep. <clears throat> well, my father's side of the family, he's New Orleans, born and bred. So that's Word. home. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, he's... Stupid question that every New Orleanian asks is what high school you go to. God, I hate that question. But my dad went to Brother Martin. Really? Your dad was a Brother Martin motherfucker. Oh, hardcore. With and, the tie and everything? Oh, yeah. And the worst part is, is he was a nerd of the bunch. Like he wanted he acts like he's all hardcore and shit. Mm-hmm. I flipped through his yearbooks before Katrina. Dude was in chess club. Like straight nice. up nerd. Nice. I say I'm too far from him, but still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, still, that's pretty dope. Now my mom's side of the family. Yeah. If you go look at swamp people, that Troy uh, Landry <laughs> son of a bitch, you go find a map where he hunts and draw it straight down for about yeah. 10 miles. Uh-huh. There's a little podunk pissant town called Morgan City. All right. Morgan City. I, I, you know what? I've heard of it, but that's because I'm from New Orleans. Exactly. A lot of people ain't heard of it. Yeah, Morgan it, City. If you in the oil field, that's the only other way you've heard of it because there's a big heliport that goes out to the oil rig. So I am Cajun in New Orleans. And I claim the New Orleans side more than that Cajun side. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. All right. So, like, 
Man, um, one of the other questions I'd like to ask is, um, if you would care to expound, how did we meet? One word, the W. The W Hotel. (laughs) Now, to everybody listening, the W Hotel is a um, boutique hotel. For the most part, they are all all around the world. And they are a particular style or whatnot. At the time, I was... Um, working, I think, I want to say front desk. Yep. And I'll never forget, I think you came in to fill out an application with me. I think I did. It was, I, I think, think you, you and I, uh, um, oh shit, what was her name? Avian? Um, yeah, I think it was the two of yeah, you at the Avian. front desk. Shout out to Avian. I know. Holla girl. She's doing that thing. She's doing a thing. Shout out to trash girls. All right, but yeah, yeah, um, they're doing that thing. Um, so yeah, you came in to fill out an application and that's how we met, right? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, pretty much overnight. The overnight crew were yes. pretty much misfits go to work. I love overnight because I feel like overnight was a, a certain fraternity in the city where everybody kind of understood each other. Like I knew other overnight auditors. So like we would talk and we, we understood a different vibe because we were the unsupervised. <laughs> That's a great <laughs> word for it. You know what I'm saying? Like we did some shit. Exactly. We did some shit, man. And um, you know what? We're gonna talk about all of it here, man. So I wanna I wanna get into like your early upbringing, man. Like, can you describe I wanna say like your childhood? Like what was your upbringing like? Combination of dysfunctional and functional. Mm. Like think Roseanne. So? Yeah. Meets uh well, what was that show with Titus? Um, I can't think of that stupid Fox show Um, It's probably Titus Titus always threw his name and shit Yeah it was Think of like that mixed with a Roseanne And that Mm. was pretty much my childhood That was pretty much your childhood My grandfather on one side was First generation American Italian Mm -hmm. So that tells you a little bit there The other one was first generation German American So you're from a German and Italian background If anybody is not um, Caught on yet uh, Dave is a white guy. Um, he's one of my uh, first, like, for real white friends. <laughs> so, I feel in privileged. the south, in the south, in the south, because you are privileged, Dave. Um, <laughs> that's why you feel privileged, because you are privileged. That white <laughs> so, privilege exists, people. <laughs> I'm having fun with this, by the way. Like, I'm, I'm gonna fuck with him. Oh, so it's all I expect good. It. It's all good. All right, Dave, man. Like, so. All right, so you grew up in there. How was your high school life? Oh, God, I hated high school. I really? was the best way to explain it is I was the perennial nerd, mm-hmm. yet I still got voted most school spirited. Mm. I was always, always starting arguments with people for no damn reason. Okay. And you've always been a habitual right? line stepper. Oh, big time. I feel like it. Yeah. And like, one of our valedictorians, we had for some stupid reason like three of them. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them even mentioned me in her um, speech indirectly um, as the rebellious Superman, which there's mm. a funny story kind of sort of with that. Rebellious because obviously I always fought the, the law. So if the if the school rule said you had to wear, you know, this color pants or something like that, I would go find a slight shade different. <laughs> that was still the same color, but like a shade lighter or shade darker. And oh, yeah. I held him to the letter of the law with that shit. Like, oh no, it says it has to be two point five inches. Mine's two point five one. So uh, why did you feel the need to fuck with people? I don't know. It was just uh, somebody had to do it. I hear you. Nobody hear else you. had the balls to do it, so I had to do it. <laughs> all right. So all right. So you were born and raised in pretty much Morgan City, right? Uh, yeah. Spent most of my childhood there. Spent a lot of my childhood, though, in New Orleans with my dad, though. You know, those visitations, two weekends a month, holidays, bullshit. Gotcha. Gotcha. I would say, like, what, what, did you experience any, like, diversity growing up? Um, actually, yes. Um, Oh, really? Oddly enough, more so in the, in the small town than, uh, with my dad. My dad. Yeah. Love him to death, but he's, he's closet racist. Yeah, like I don't, I don't think closet, but go on. Yeah, you know, there's days <laughs> I, I question too. Like, give you a brief, uh, brief idea. He stopped using the N word when when his daughter came around, 
and substituted it for the word porch monkey. I was like, like oh that's, shit. I'm like, dude, like that's any better. God damn it, man. Exactly. That's like, fucking racist. No shit. <laughs> like, yeah. So yeah, that, love him to death. You know, he'll be the first one. Oh, I got black friends. Like, dude, no. Yeah. Just because they in the same Mason group as you don't make make them black friends. No, 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 no. Um, but that uh, sounds terrible. Yeah, that going back terrible. though to the to small town, they were actually quite a number of diverse people. Um, really, there was a guy who he was from. Oh, geez, I can't remember what country in Africa he was from. But I played soccer with his son growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, spent many times hanging out with him after games. Uh, for dinner what have you i had friends who uh were it was like all of the black kids all the black girls loved me from for some reason and i just gravitated towards them yeah it was just something that went in in my family um black women are this shit in general god yes yes um (laughs) but (laughs) don't tell my wife (laughs) she's brazilian so i get a pass (laughs) Uh, so no like our family owns land that eventually became, uh, unfortunately, a predominantly low-income black neighborhood. Okay. And so, like, my family name is, well, not my family name, but, like, my mom's family name okay. is attached to this little suburb called Syracuseville, and it's all low-income blacks. And I think now it's actually low-income Hispanics. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. You didn't need, you didn't need 23 and me for that. <laughs> no. <Nope. Like>, that's so... <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, but that shows how Louisiana is, though. Like, it's very, like, they, Louisiana and Mississippi are places that, like, had to have been forced out of slavery. Like, they were like, uh, how long can we ride this out? Yeah, but let's yeah. be honest. New Orleans was also one of the first with free black people. Absolutely. They were. They were. And we'll get into, we'll get into a little bit of all that knowledge. Um... But what brought you to New Orleans, like, out of all the places uh, combination, um, after high school? Combination of everybody I knew was going to LSU, which, God, I hate LSU. Yeah. Or they were going to Nichols State University in Houma, Louisiana. That's where I went, Nichols or, State. Or they went to uh, Lafayette. So I was like, you know what? Screw you guys. Mm-hmm. I'm going home. <laughs> I, I, feel, I went the other direction. I feel like... Like, all those other places are pretty much just like Morgan City. Like, they're very small town in the middle of nowhere. Places that are essentially... College towns. Yeah, college towns. You go there to get drunk, get stupid, and get pregnant. Absolutely, yeah. And then New Orleans offers a different different style. So, like, what made you choose... Like, what made you choose the college that you went to in New Orleans? Well, UNO, I went to for a couple reasons. One... it's like one of two of them I actually applied for. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that cuts down. Um, cuts I down also chose at the last minute that I was going to go into hotel management. Ooh. So, yeah, it was one of those come February before I graduated, I realized that I had I hated calculus. OK. And I did absolutely no prep work to go into zoology. And so I was like, well, I'm fucked. So <laughs> <laughs> my mom and her before she went completely crazy, um, yeah. was like, you should go into hotels. Our family has history in owning bars. You would do great talking to people. Just go and do this. Yeah. And so, like I said, family already in New Orleans. I knew New Orleans fairly well already from being there twice a month, you know, mm. weekends and holidays kind of foolishness. And so I was like, well, sure, why not? And I ended up going to UNO and loved every bit of it. Excellent, man. Excellent. I remember... I never forget you walked in and you were like, just very chill, very chill and as and like carefree, in a matter of fact. And I I kind of knew you were gonna get the job because you were a smug white guy. <laughs> and um, <laughs> well, wasn't our wasn't our our manager a smug white guy at the time? Absolutely, but Jeff? gay. Yeah. <laughs> oh no no no, that's Michael. I work for him again. That's my no. Nah, every manager was gay. And so, um, but you were you were like that guy, like, hey, I could be, you know. And so that that was perfect enough for them. And I remember you getting a job and you saying a bunch of like unruly shit um, when you first started working. And I remember being the the guy who like going like, hey, hey, Dave, um, you should probably not say that in public. You know, there was a lot of it was a lot of learning. Do you think you've grown? What What do you think? Like, I often say, like, working in hotels, right? 
What are like, we're going to go with top three. What are the top three lessons that you learn for working in hotels? And and let me, let me start off by saying this, like Dave is 15 years in the game now. We are, you know, it's been a long time since you started at that hotel back in the day. Like we 15 years in the game now. Dave's a vet. So as a veteran, as a person who's still working in hotels to this day, doing this thing as a manager in New Orleans, please fuck with him. Um, <laughs> I, had, I had to let you talk your shit. You know what I'm saying? I got to talk your shit for you. But like, what are the three biggest things that you've learned um, since you started hmm. working in hospitality? The first thing I've learned is people and money suck. Mm. Like, how so? All right. Work, most of my years, I've, I've worked in bougie hotels. You know, not bougie in a bad way. I mean, yeah. it's not a bad thing. But, like, luxury hotels. Yeah. And it's a certain type of person who goes to those but they're the type of person who you want to talk about white privilege. I booked a Supreme King through booking.com. I deserve the best room available. No, homie, you booked a cheap room. You get a cheap room. You mm. don't get the suite because you bougie from Nantucket. Like, no, son. Um, that's the first thing I learned. Second thing I learned is confidence. Mm. And I, I teach that to a lot of my my employees who come along, interns I've had. You know, you can be absolutely n- unsure of what the hell to do in a situation. Mm-hmm. But if you act like you know what you're doing, no one will know. So you Facts. go in there and say, hey, Facts. this is what we're going to do. Give me some time to figure out how we're going to do it. But this is what I say we do. Nine times out of ten, they're going to believe you. Okay. And the third thing, hmm. The third thing is everybody at some point in the hotel industry hates people. (laughs) Seriously, you will hate people at some point in your career working in hotels and hospitality. You might come full circle. You might not. But you will hate people. Like, I at one point, I hated people to the point where I just wanted to like taint punch uh babies and drop kick women in the face like i hated people at one point yeah that sounds very mass killer like i'm gonna need for you to not (laughs) um people did this to me people did this to you nah i feel like um one of the things i would say the three things i've learned in hotels was um I learned how to customer service people. I don't know if that's a good idea or bad, but I learned how to customer service people, which means to like, I learned how to successfully finesse. You've learned how to tell them what they want without them knowing what they want. Absolutely. Like, yes, you want this wonderful room that looks out onto a wall. Well, that's not what you booked. Yes, but just imagine how much time are you going to spend in that room? You're absolutely absolutely right. Absolutely. I learned how to customer service things, finesse things. And so, and I use that outside of work. And I don't know if that's a positive thing, but I've learned how to do it. And it's, it's worked to my benefit. Um, I've learned that people are people, whether I enjoy them or not. Um, and that that includes like being in a situation where you are um where you're with people from different backgrounds you know i think that the w specifically opened me up to a lot of different lifestyles such as the um lgbtq community definitely i think that getting to know like i remember getting i don't want to say any names but i like i, I got to know like a few gay people and like, just like, you know, what I love about working overnight is that you get downtime. Oh, God, so much. And when you get downtime, you talk to the person next to you. You get bored. Yeah, you get bored and you go, hey, what are you like? Exactly. And it's it's one of those things where I think it kind of solidified our bond. We spent so many nights where it was just you and I. And we would just talk for hours and hours about like background and things like that. Like it's funny to ask you these questions, and I already <laughs> you know already all. Know the answers. Yeah, I already know all this shit. 
But oh. so it was just interesting to go in these things. Um, and, uh, you know, night after night, you would witness all these things and whatnot. And you would get to know these people who come from a completely different world from you. Um, I think that for me, I, that helped me become a better person. Uh, definitely. In I, fact, uh, to elaborate on that, one of the last hotels I worked at in New Orleans, uh, we had interns. Every mm. year we'd get a new intern from a different country. And I mean, you want to talk about diverse backgrounds and cultures, man. I had girls from South Africa, from Namibia, mm. from Turkey, uh, half a dozen from the Philippines, from uh, um, England, from Australia, from um, shit, I can't think of any, uh, some of the South American countries, hell, Ecuador, what have you. I'm Definitely. losing a few of them there, Mexico. Um, and you want to talk about, you know, cultural differences, but the interesting thing growing up in South Louisiana, and you can probably agree with this, yeah, is we are so much like everyone else. Absolutely. Like so many people come to our, our city and they don't realize that it is so much like their home at some point. They're like, oh, my God, it's like home. People are people. I think that from traveling, I realized that New Orleans has a certain hint of honesty, like a certain vibe of honesty, straightforward honesty that you don't get too many places. You know what I'm saying? We don't really we don't really have time to bullshit with you. Like we're very laid back. Very much. Very laid back. We don't we are normally we don't take ourselves the, seriously. No, and we're called the city that care forgot because honestly we don't care. You know? But um but we are very honest with you because we don't have time to lie to you. No. You know what I'm saying? So not at all. I think that's I think that's one thing that I miss about New Orleans because they don't worry about what sounds nice. They don't care about what no. people think about them. I mean, no. Uh, you could walk down the street on any given day in New Orleans wearing tutu and covered in glitter. Yeah. As a man, and no one will bat an eye. Like, at Absolutely. all. You will walk down there with a six pack, and they'll just be like, dude, can I get a beer off you? Yeah. I think, um, back to, back to going back to, you know, working. And and having a job kind of open your mind to different things. Like, do you think that's a thing that you learned a lot through working in hotels and the W and everything? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if I wasn't working at the W, I probably ended would have ended up as some corporate schmug, white prick kind of guy. Like, hi, I'm the manager. Um, but no, like, it really... It was different. The W was a different time back in the early 2000s. Yeah. You know, it was it was a different creature. That it experimented. Yeah, it did. And I like the fact that they just focus on different styles and everything. And they allowed us to to be to express ourselves. You know, we got a chance to be ourselves when we checked in and people and it wasn't like a direct like I need you to say this exact thing you know exactly um and i thought that was cool and i thought that what that's what made the city pop and that's what made the hotel pop is we all got to be ourselves which was really cool and it was promoted as such um i think meeting people and finding out that people's lives are very similar to mine and humanizing things uh, was a very big plus for me and it helped me when it came to like being an advocate for, you know, equal rights. Yeah. Because I grew up, I grew up like in an all black neighborhood, like cis, cis male, cis female, or whatnot, right? And it was no like it was just straight up. But when you grow up to, when you grow up and you into the real world and you meet people who are vastly different from you, um, you're forced forced to confront yourself, as in like, yo, am I? a homophobe or like do I accept people you know and when you get to know these people it humanizes things so it was it was a good I feel like it was an all good lesson for me and I appreciate it you know yeah. um yeah so it was all good I I don't really get I feel like being securing your masculinity is definitely important I remember remember that time like man we about to get into some stories y'all like all right I remember um, talking to a dude. He was an old old dude, uh, and he was like some gay guy. I think flirted with him, and he was upset. And I was, and he came in to tell me, and I was like, "Dog, like being gay isn't the zombie apocalypse. It's not like you know, 
if he talks to you or bites you, oh, I want to suck dick. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's you not will about turn into that. A gay man. Exactly. Oh, you know, like it doesn't work like that, man. It's just chill and take the compliment, man. So I don't really, you know, I don't mind like people living their lives, dog. You know what I'm saying? I think that's that's important. Um, what do you, what do you think is one of the more important lessons um, on that? And have you learned like a lot with the W? I learned a lot with the W. I mean, it was very much it from a work perspective. I learned how to make decisions because, like you said, we were the unsupervised. We had no one. It's not like I could call you know our boss at three in the morning. Hey, buddy. Well, like, we could not at all. Oh God, no. Oh God. And it's not like you call him and say, "Hey, we got this problem." He shit half the time he wouldn't answer. But you know, you had to make a decision right then and there for that person. Like, hey. They're pissed off. You need to make it right, and you need to figure out how you're going to make it right with the limited resources you had because it's not like we had room service or anything else to, to, to pacify people. So we had to make it work. Um, definitely learned that. Um, life lessons, though, definitely learned that different f- strokes for different folks, man. I mean, mm-hmm. between the random gothic people taking pictures in the lobby to the swingers, <laughs> the, the swingers hitting on me and wanting me to uh, screw his wife while he watched. I mean, you get that's awesome. Did you take part in that? No. Oh, you're a good guy. I uh, okay. they wanted me to like come back at two in the morning. I was like, no, I'm good. Once I leave the French Quarter, I don't come back nice <laughs> nice you are a good man Charlie um, Brown. good man yeah unlike some yeah. others we had uh, i know no. but anywho i know it's okay they shall remain nameless they shall remain nameless we're not gonna talk about those we shall call him one fantastical <laughs> <laughs> that's rude juan that's rude. carlos fantastical juan carlos fantastical anywho um but Stay no i mean bitches go ahead you know it humbled you also because i mean we met so many celebrities like spike lee was one who I heard so many stories about him hating on white people. And yeah. He was so cool and chill when I met him the tw- two times he stayed he at the hotel. He actually is. He's pretty cool Super and chill. Chilled. He's good chill. All right. So what is your favorite celebrity uh, running mm. throughout all your years? Hmm. That's a tough question. Uh, yeah. Honestly, my favorite, and he may not be super popular, but Sean, um, I think it's Kerrigan. Um, I think he's in Dr. Hope or some soap opera where he's a doctor. But anyway, you may know him or remember him from the uh, Brett Favre parody where uh, what should I do when he re- was supposed to retire? Um, if you haven't seen it, you should go go- YouTube that shit like immediately. Okay. It's hilarious. But anywho, uh, so I happened to check him in at the at the hotel I was working at and I recognized him from that skit. It was like uh, a, just a bullshit skit. And uh, I kind of hinted at it when I was checking him in. I said, what should I do? And he looked at me. He says, you know that? I said, oh, dude, like, hell yeah. And so he started spewing the whole get up in the middle of the lobby with me. Oh, that's awesome. Laughed. I I couldn't keep a straight face. I was laughing my ass off because at the end of the whole, at the end of this Brett Favre skit about Mm -hmm. uh, whether or not he should retire or not, he starts naming his penis after different football players. So like... (laughs) Should I call him Peyton Man Thing or Adrian Penison? You know, stupid shit like that that just had me rolling. And he's quoting this in the lobby. So I sent him up a little beer, you know, like a bro. Like I was like, I'm going to send him up an amenity, say thank you for a good time, laugh, you know, send him up beer and, and pretzels, right? Yeah. Year later, he comes back for the same charity event, same hotel, same thing. He recognized me in the lobby and like come up and like gave me a, hug and everything like that that's super dope. chill dude like loved meeting him uh met so many other celebrities but he's yeah. definitely one that i'll never forget meeting he was super cool dope man um met johnny knoxville at the w once that yeah. was like my boy crush back in the day I was like, oh, oh yeah. my god it's johnny knoxville. johnny knoxville um but he just like played me off cool guy like not he wasn't rude but just yeah i mean, I mean dude he probably seen so many fanboys in his day he's like just another yeah. fanboy he's, he's pretty but he's pretty reserved yeah he very he's much is. reserved i've checked him in before he's uh, pretty reserved Ron Perlman was cool at the W. Damn, um, Ron Perlman, yeah. Channing Tatum's an interesting one. I've uh, checked him in twice. He is uh-huh. not six feet tall. 
Really? Yeah. Sorry, ladies. IMDb is lying their ass off. Oh, I'll shit. tell you now, I'm 5'10". I stood what what with him. Like, wow. Had to escort him up to his room. Cool guy. Like, super chill. Yeah. Laid back. Like, to- like he's totally... I like a- how you just ruined in chick's dreams right now listening to this But he's shit. totally a bro. Like, he's totally yeah. like white bro. White oh, boy really? bro. Like, like, yeah. Like, dude. Yeah. Totally. Like, what dude. does mine say? Like yeah. that kind. Um, <laughs> Quest Love was another one I met. He, Quest Love is amazing. Super chill, dude. Like yeah, he did I not want him. a sweet or anything like that. He just was oh yeah. I love Quest Love. I remember um it was sad. I was sad because um it was this is another W story. Like I had a situation and I love Black Thought. Let me just preface this with I love Black Thought. He's one of the best MCs, my my top five. Right? But he had, like, yelled at me and cussed at me over water or some shit, right? And um, and I was just like, ah. And I felt like such a failure, not for the customer service wrong, because I was such a hip-hop head. And I, like, I made Black Thought upset, you know? And I think, um, and then later on that night, Quest Love came through. And he was like, yo, man, I want to apologize with all that shit, man. I'm sorry. Like, he was so nice. I know. He was so nice. And I was like, this made me not want to burn all my root CDs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, <laughs> and I understood. Don't get me wrong. I understood why Black Thought was angry. But, like, like, um, like Quest Love made it all right. Yeah, he is you know so chill, dope. like down and to earth. Out, and yeah, shout out to Jaguar, right? By the way, she was dope too. But anyway, go ahead. Oh yeah, um, Queen Latifah met her briefly. Yeah. She filmed. Uh, so I'm sure many of your listeners know the show uh, or the movie uh, Girls Trip. Yes, sir. Oh yeah, they were everywhere in New Orleans. Yes. And shout out to Queen Latifah. She is a beautiful woman in person. Oh Word. my goodness. Oh man. Uh, but she was super nice. Yeah, uh, Jada Pinkett was was super short, um, as she is nice little reserve. I didn't get a chance to interact with her, um, but that whole cast was fun to be around. They, nice. they had everybody laughing and a good time. That's dope, man. That's dope, and it's good to hear that. You know what I'm saying? Tiffany Addis was dope too. Oh yeah, they were. Well, it, that's a booty hole, huh? That's a booty hole. This booty hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like I caught it all late. Yeah, I'm totally like, drunk. Right yeah, over your head. Right no, over my head. No, I got they, it. I got they were it. great. They were in the lobby. They they spent like two full days in our lobby taking wow. over and super chill, super nice. Like in between takes, they they'd sit and autograph stuff for people that pass by or take pictures with them. Like really cool people. That's really dope, man. That's really dope. I've I've been to so many I've had so many situations with with like celebrities and things like that. I think um I would say Quest Love is probably my favorite. Um I feel like one of my favorite moments with a celebrity at work would probably been like Will I Am from Black Eyed Peas. Oh no, I'm jealous. Oh man. Yo, I worked at the W in Chicago and um it was so dope. Like, it was overnight. The concert was over. Everybody else was asleep. And I think he just couldn't sleep. And he just came back to the lobby and just talked to me while I set up the lobby for the next day. You know how you used to have to, like, mm-hmm. do all the candles and shit Dude. for the next day? And, like, he was just really cool. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm this is, like, doing their, like, Ella Funk years and their pop oh. years. And I was like... Dog, I'm not happy with this music, but you're so fucking cool. Super jelly over here. Oh man, I'm sorry, dog. That shit was dope. That was my favorite experience. Like that was my favorite celebrity experience because it was one on one, and it was like, you know, fuck all these cameras. I don't. I'm not asking you about what's popping next. Like, let's talk as humans. You yeah. know, I I feel like I spoke to William that night, not Will I am. So that was that was really cool. Uh, that was a really cool experience. Um, let, let's move, like, let's move to some real shit, man. Keep it Um, you're in New Orleans right now? Always. Yes, always, sir. always. Like, and of course, the, what people like to hear, they, everybody likes a good story about, um, the infamous Hurricane Katrina. What is your story? Oh, so much to talk about. Oh, shit, yeah. 
Um, yeah. Let's get into it. I'll just give you one. So I had let's do it. these young girls. I say young girls, 21, 22 years old girls uh, from Canada who were who had come to New Orleans girls trip. Just the two of them. Uh, and well, they came during Katrina. Well, they they had arrived before Katrina and they had gotten there like a day or two before Katrina. And it was supposed to be a girls weekend that whole weekend. And um, don't remember their name. Don't remember what Providence or any of that foolishness that they're from. But uh so I remember them being in our lobby before we relocated them to our larger property because they had a um, a generator. We did not. So we had to relocate all of our guests for safety reasons. So yeah. um, I remember them in the lobby like crying in tears about this because they weren't sure what was going to happen. And, and uh, me being, you know, ever so much a... Uh, bullshitter. I'm like, oh yeah, nothing's gonna happen. Like, psh, shit like that. You know, we have hurricanes all the time. Nothing bad is gonna happen. Like, psh, nothing. Like, the last bad hurricane hit f- Mississippi and wiped them out. Like, it's never gonna hit us. Like, yeah. the perfect storm does not come to New Orleans, even though it's like br- Im- embedded into our heads from like childhood. Like, if it comes up the mouth of the Mississippi just slightly to the left, and you know, we we're brainwashed with that from young age and so like we never believed it would happen and so anyway we relocate them to the the larger property um and later that night we get a phone call from a canadian um news you know station from um wherever they were from and no one could remember you know remember them and i was like wait i know who they are you know and i totally broke you know that confidence privacy crap and i was like yeah this is their names this is the hotel we relocated them to let me get you in touch with them because they weren't sure how to get in touch with anyone back home so i helped get them reconnected oh that's awesome man anywho hurricane comes worst case scenario city gets flooded like shit hits the fan people evacuate i have no idea what happened to these girls so fast forward six months later to her uh mardi gras you know, immediately after Hurricane Katrina, you know, the city's recovering and everything like that. And I'm pulling up to the driveway for work. And I shit you not, these girls are in the driveway of the W with a camera crew. Word. Like filming their return back to New Orleans to kind of come full circle. And the fuck out of here. That's awesome. I'm like still half in the damn street, park my car, jump out of my car. They instantly recognize me as I was pulling into the driveway. Yeah. And like, just tears start coming down my eyes because it's like I was I was legitimately worried about this total stranger who yeah. I had no idea what had ever happened to her. And here she is back at my job, you know, reliving the whole experience for this camera crew. And I'm sure they've got this on camera with us just running into one another, hugging and just crying uh. over it. And shout out if they by some strange chance are listening <laughs> um and are in the vancouver northwestern area here but uh shout out to you don't remember your name sorry but y'all were super cool i'm so glad they were safe um i ended up one of them ended up launching their career and in, into the news media and, and ended up working at that news station later that's fucking awesome that's a great story. Yeah, it was it's a great story. Made me dude. feel all warm and fuzzy for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. That's an awesome story, man. Shit, that's that's a lot. Like, so all right. So you you're in New Orleans still. Yep. Um, what do you think is the? I always say, is it fair to say that New Orleans can be divided between that major event before Katrina and after Katrina? Yes. Mm, uh, like, so. like, there's a lot of people who still live in New Orleans, you know, like myself and those who uh, were there before, and they'll even tell you like there, there's a, there is a difference, um, okay. and it, it's some of it's subtle and some of it's not so subtle. Um, mm, it, it's still a touchy subject for a lot of people. Um, you know, it, it was an unfortunate, necessary evil in some people's, in many people's eyes. Um, mm-hmm. And then on, for some, they feel that the, some of that necessary evil causes the city to lose itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's still a very, for locals who still live there, it's still a very iffy topic that is, for the most part, agreed upon that it, it 
overall was a good thing that happened to the city, even though it wasn't the best thing that could have happened. Gotcha. I always feel like um, New Orleans is focused more so on the tourists more than the people of the actual city. No more than the natives. Kind of, sort of. I feel I've always felt that way. Like, they would always be real protective of the tourists, and rightfully so, I get it. But, like, the reason why the tourists are here is to see the natives. Well, I mean, you know, like, it's true because of the fact that, I mean, if you go, people always to this day, they're like, oh, is New Orleans dangerous? I'm like, man, if you're walking in the French Quarter, that's the safest place in the city. Like, you are. You're in the safest places. To give you a little insight i mean it may not be good insight for some people but there has been one official homicide in front in the french quarter like one person has been shot and killed and, in the french quarter and i feel like that's a personal one it was and it was a pretty much it was a drug deal gone bad like those okay. who know about it was like he owed the, the, the dude money and he just had a hit out on him that's all that was done that sounds uh, about right yeah, pretty much. Uh, you know, you had an you know unfortunate random stupid asses who shoot at one another and hit a tourist in the process on Canal Street. But for the most part, like you've had one death in the French Quarter uh, for the entire year. Uh, most of the murders, most of the shootings, most of that foolishness happens outside of the French Quarter. Like yeah. the French Quarter has its pickpockets, it has its prostitutes that get you drunk and then rob you after they get you up to your room, like. That's, Boy, do we know about oh, that? Too many of those. Thanks, job. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, that's with any major city. Like, if you are yeah. any major city at nighttime after a little bit of alcohol, like, people get stupid. And, but most of the cops patrol the French Quarter. Most of the off duty police officers are in the French Quarter. Like, that's where the heaviest presence is. You know, yeah. you got places like New Orleans East, you know, where you're lucky to see a cop. And I mean, God forbid if something happens, you call, you might not see him until two days later. He might call you up and say, hey, yeah, you uh you you, you calling a police report in? Shit. Like it And yeah, that's I mean that's fair. It's fair. And I mean to be honest, it was like that before Katrina, but I mean it hasn't Katrina hasn't helped the police department, unfortunately. No, no. I think um Let's say if a person is, um, if our listeners are trying to figure out when is the best time to visit New Orleans, what would you say? Mm. Like if they want to get like a good, authentic New Orleans experience. Well, I usually tell people if you want a good, authentic New Orleans experience, come in, come in March, April, mm. you know, after Mardi Gras. Prices are might be a little bit lower, but it's still considered festival season. So, like, if you come for French Quarter Fest, which is a huge festival, yes, the sir. weather is perfect 90% of the time, and everybody wants crawfish, and that's the prime season for crawfish. Word. Don't come in freaking October asking for crawfish. Like, no. Crawfish are a freshwater creature that live in ponds created by rainwater, and what happens in the spring? It rains. So, yes, come in the springtime for crawfish, people, uh, but do be expecting to pay higher prices. Uh, the cheapest time to come, though, I tell people all the time, come in, like, August uh, because it is super cheap at all the hotels because it's super hot. And all the restaurants, about 50 of them will participate in, like, our culinary week, but it's an entire month of August. So you get discounts at a lot of food places. My dude, you saved so many lives right now. I feel like <laughs> food is the key and on a budget is even better. Exactly. Food is the key. On a budget is even better, man. Uh, all right. So let's get into some things, man. I feel like I should ask you a couple personal questions, man. All right. So since the last time we actually hung out, like you've grown into a whole grown ass man. Like you are married now. Yes, I will. Five years in February. Get the fuck out of here. Five years? Yes, five years. Holy shit. I know, right? How is that? Uh, all right, so how's marriage? <laughs> You're at the five-year mark. Five years of this marriage. This is when I start respecting people's marriages. I know, how's the right? five year <laughs> How did I make it this far without her killing me? Oh, shit. Uh, That's amazing. Your wife is lovely, by the way. Thank I just, you. Uh, we met her recently, and uh, she's really great, and I can see why... 
Oh, you guys are a great match. She balances you well. Very much as so. As my wife balances me. So I, that's good. I tell her, I tell my friends, I would be a straight up hot mess living paycheck to paycheck with a rinky dink old car with no air condition if it wasn't for my wife. Mm. Like, I actually have credit now. I have credit what? cards. Yeah, that I pay shit amazing. on time. That is you know? amazing. <laughs> um, no, it's it's interesting. Uh, a lot of people say, you know, happy wife, happy life, which is a big chunk of it. Let's be brutally honest. But I still think that's bullshit. That's a bullshit statement. To an extent, yes. But yes. Uh, for a lot of people, you, you might as well just make her happy. Um, <laughs> but my wife is a weird creature with that because she wants me to have an opinion. And I like I'm not falling for this because if I have an opinion, <laughs> you are going to hold Hold me accountable. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it's we go back and forth. Uh, I'm very much the relaxed one. I will go with the flow. Like, I wake up, say, oh, the sun came up. Let's do something today. Yeah. And she's like, well, we didn't plan anything. I'm like, I don't care. Let's just do something. I don't care what it is. Let's go do this. And she's like, okay. And she'll go do it with me because, hey, I've actually chosen to do something. Nice. But she gets mad because she'll say, hey, do you want to do this? I'm like, I'll do whatever you want to do. Yeah. Do you want, like, I am terrified of heights. The past two days, we walked like a dozen suspension bridges over ravines and shit. Fucking crazy. You guys went to Vancouver. Yeah, like I was ready to like have a heart attack. Like I guarantee my blood pressure was probably through the roof, but I did it for her. Nice. Um, But no, I I love it. Uh, It's 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 a different experience to say the least. Uh, I, I don't think I could see myself as a better man without her. Mm. that's a god honest truth like i am a far better man because of her yeah i can see that man that's that's dope i love hearing shit like that that's awesome uh what's your favorite sexual position man mm. doggy <laughs> doggy style yeah it's a great sexual position 69 it's great uh that 69 is also awesome it's great. I I love asking these awkward questions. Reverse cowgirl. Reverse cowgirl. Fucking T Pain. Hell yes. Whoa, that's an awesome one. Love that one. I feel like we just made everybody, all our listeners, feel really uncomfortable, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm all about this, and this is why I ask these questions. Um, so <laughs> and that's why I'm drinking rum and water at the moment. Thank you, thank you very much, sir. Um, no, nah, I think um. That's pretty dope. What is your what is your dating experience been like before marriage? Mm. Hmm. <laughs> Combination of a bunch of one night stands and a seven year itch. Ooh, yikes. <laughs> yikes. Uh, so my relationship before my wife was a seven year relationship with a uh, woman ten years my elder, a really good friend of uh one of my best friends. Um, and we just didn't work out, you know, unfortunately we got to a point where, uh, things I said were going to happen in the relationship because of her choices were beginning to happen and I did not want any part of them. Mm. Um, she had a daughter that pretty much was going down a path I was not willing to follow. Um, and so we just cut it off. Like, uh, you know, I told her, I said, look, I've I'm moving on. I'm moving back. Um, before, you know, in between that and before that, it was just, you know, random uh, one night stands, to be honest. So, like, it, these were the days before Tinder, uh, before Facebook hookups. It was MySpace, yeah. you know, MySpace friends and uh, <laughs> <laughs> creepy top eights. Um, but yeah, my dating life sucked. <laughs> To be honest, outside of you know those two relationships, uh, it was very much like, "Hey, girl, what you doing? Let's go have a few drinks." And then next thing you know, back at her place, my car, the dorms, uh, <laughs> this stupid shit like that. Uh, but yeah, that's my dating life. Um, in fact, tell you how much of a hot mess I was. I was doing the walk of shame at seven a.m. in front of my job one day, uh, like weeks oh, before meeting my, my wife. Yeah, like it was a. Uh, <laughs> oh. I've done plenty of those at the W too. We all did at some point. Yeah, we did. We, we all got our hoe on, and it's okay. The W was always a welcoming place. <laughs> oh, I like, love that W word. I tell people like, as you stated before, the W was a hangout spot. 
um, for when, you know, even when you're off work, you would go hang out there because somebody was up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You knew then, somebody awake and it was at the W. Exactly. And we always had a fun time, man. So I really enjoyed that time at the W. And all the people, like all my coworkers, I miss all of you. Like it was, it was great. To work with so many interesting and cool people, very much you so. Know? So it was it was fun. Um, what's one of your wildest stories from the W? Oh, one of my wildest stories. Uh, there was this one of many nights, but this night in particular, I got trashed at work. <laughs> I, uh, I had gone through. Is this a, a hurricane story? No, 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 not that okay. one. This is a. This is. I had gone through kind of a bad breakup of sorts. Uh, with a girl, you know, those silly summer loves that yeah. don't work out and you want them to so bad. But anywho, so this one didn't work out and I was just feeling oh so drove and showed up to work like an hour early and was drinking double shots of Jack and Coke. Um, Shit. Oh, yeah. I, th- I don't remember how many I had before work. Um, I know I continued them after I started work because, of course the chart room was right next door and everybody getting off of work was buying me a drink that night. Um, and then our lovely friend, uh, who had been working essence fest at the dome was like, Hey, I'm about to get off of work. Uh, you want a 40 ounce? I was like, shit. Yes. So (laughs) after, I don't know how many sound decision. Hell yeah. After, I don't know how many, uh, Jack and Cokes, uh, he brings a hit, uh, 40 ounce of Hen- uh, not Hennessy, shit, uh, Heineken. And we sitting back there drinking Heineken. And uh, of course, the numbers in the night audit g- did not mesh right. And we're like a couple thousand dollars off. Oh, did I shit myself that night? I was like, oh my God, I'm going to lose my job. They're going to find out I've been drinking on the job for so long. Yeah. Come to find out it was a stupid computer glitch. Oh, good. Yeah. Talk about dodge the bullet there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we did some stupid shit like some of the other valets wanting to leave the conference room open so they can screw their girlfriends after they go out to 360 yeah uh, uh the good old days yeah i remember Club 360 oh man uh, you know to juan carlo fantastico hooking up with with uh our hotel guests usually 40 plus year old women yes uh <laughs> he was there for them to Shout out to Juan Carlos. Juan Carlos Fantastico, wherever you are, sir. Fantastico. Keep it real. Oh, my God. That and, dude was fucking chicks. And I hope like, he got a shot because I'm sure he picked up something along the way. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> he was out here. To, he I was mean, out here. I could, Jesus, I was a valet and I was drinking. God, how did I not wreck any cars yeah. back in the day? Hey, hey, I had daiquiris overnight. <laughs> so I'm not I, I'm not one to talk. I used to bring my laptop and rip people's music from their CDs if I like their music. Oh yes. We were out here. We sh- I told oh, you we should have been fired, dude. Like like a hundred times should have been fired. That's like, crazy. And what's but- funny is that's how I got into country music was some jackass <laughs> with a big ass truck was uh I was parking it and Toby Keith came on. Like you want to talk about white? Of white of whitest oh, of whites, shit, yeah. Toby Keith, no, white Kobe, trash. Toby as Keith be. is white as fuck. And I was like, "Hey, this is pretty cool, dude." Like, ooh, frat boy shit. And uh, yeah, that's that got me hooked yeah. on country for a little Toby bit. Toby Keith is like public enemy for white people. Yes. <laughs> so like, <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, he's fun, but then after a while, like, he gets red real quick. Yeah, because this is real. Holy shit. It's real, real make America great again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's just one of those things. I, I am I am grateful for my time there. Um, As far as you now, you're looking at it, you're working at a different hotel now. You're a married man. Did you ever picture this life for yourself? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, depending on when you ask me that question, the yeah. answer was probably no, no, and no. No. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, after my my last big relationship, I pretty much saw me as just a like soon to be like a poor man's George Clooney <laughs> with <laughs> with none of his shit straight. Like I, I was told quite frequently I'm a relatively handsome man and women just would throw themselves at me. For some reason, I don't know why, um, but they would just throw themselves at me when they came to the hotel. I think they had way too many uh, hand grenades. That's probably why. <laughs> um, <laughs> drunk asses. Anywho, um, and gay men. God, between the two, I couldn't shake them off. Oh, yeah. 
they they're out here. Oh yeah, it's great. Hey, it's great. Shout out to them though. Like, hey, do what you do, man. Exactly. Um, but no, uh, I definitely would not have seen myself married, happily married, uh, with like good credit, like all kinds of shit, like traveling. Like I have been trapped since marriage. I have had more vacations and I have traveled more places than I did in the 15 years leading up to it. Wonderful, man. That is a beautiful thing, man. And as long as you get the chance to see world, see the world with, um, with someone you love. I think that's great, man. I'm I'm traveling. I'm looking forward to my trip to New Orleans soon. Uh, it should be great. I'm traveling with my lovely girlfriend, Christina, and my wife is definitely in full support. So that should be really fun. Cool. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it, man. Thank you for hanging out with us. Like, you got a chance to see, like, my whole life. I know, right? Like, you got a chance to see, like, me around my kids, it's my wife, whole... my girlfriend, all that shit. I feel like Jasmine and Aladdin. It's a whole new world. It is. It's a whole new world. <laughs> we were flying on carpet and uh, oppressing people. Um, So yes. I think that... Um... <laughs> Oppression. Exactly. <laughs> Fuck. Yo, so, like, all right, so... Let's get into the future, man. Like, what do you, what's next for you? That's an interesting topic. Um, it is. My wife has plans. I just am glad to wake up every day. Yes, uh, yes, yes. Uh, that's actually been a one that hit home recently because uh, my wife and I uh, had a conversation about our future. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, she's studying for the bar, Louisiana bar exam. And, you know, she wants to be this this lawyer uh in new orleans preferably and and uh honestly she'd love to work for the uh federal government during immigration and stuff like that uh because it's a solid job and she can pretty much work anywhere in the country me however i'm just going with the flow (laughs) yeah you're just Um, happy to be here yeah like it's one of those things where i sat back the other day and i was like wow what do i want like i don't really couldn't tell you like Mm. five years from now don't know if i'm a if i'm alive i am happy 10 years from now if i'm alive i'm even happier like if if we make it to 15 years 20 years 30 years still married happily married then i i consider myself golden word (laughs) Um, i feel like that's the goal yeah i mean my wife gets mad because i really just go with the wind on a lot of things and it's just uh, I've learned through the years to the best laid plans of mice and men, as that old saying goes. I mean, it's I kind of quit making plans and I just go with the flow. And if life takes me down the river, then mm. I make sure I have a rudder and I make sure I don't hit any rocks and I, I make my way out there. Um, Word. You know, making plans just leads to stress sometimes. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. It's very NOLA of you. <laughs> to be honest with you, it's very NOLA of you to not have any worries about the future or whatnot. Like, New Orleans is known as the land that care forgot because, honestly, we don't give a fuck. Like, we're happy with the present. And I, I admire that. In a land of... In the land and the world filled with such anxiety. Nothing's guaranteed, man. Nothing's the present's the only thing yeah. you've got. You know, you've got yeah. the past to learn from and to and to 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 remember and to enjoy. But mm. the future's not guaranteed, man. No, like, the future's not guaranteed. And in New I, Orleans, we celebrate every day that ends in Y. Exactly, exactly. Mainly because we have a high murder rate. But <laughs> I think that it's very. <laughs> It's Not very important. I know, right? The Saints doing it. The Saints doing it. Shout out to Drew Brees. Thank you again. Word, word. Oh, even though. Um, so, like, I feel like, um, but nah, I feel like that's one of the things that that I love about New Orleans. We're very much in the present. I've, I've learned to be a better friend or a better person to people because I invest so much in the present and not in the past or what could happen in the future. And I, I owe that to New Orleans. You know what I'm saying? I owe that to my city because we are very good to each other at the present time. You know, we don't worry about what could be the future, what could be the past. It's a lot of times it's very we're very focused on like, hey, what's happening right now? So I love that about my city, man. And I'm very proud to be from New Orleans and everything that we built. Um, what do you... You know, we we about to cut it off shortly, man. But I want to ask, man, do you have any parting words? Parting words, man. Uh, I tell this to a lot of people uh, I've crossed paths with. At the end of the day, you got to make yourself happy. Mm. You know, don't 
don't focus on this, focus on that, you know, relationships, man. I get so many relationship questions uh, in my past few years, oddly enough, which I don't know how I got them, but I get them. Um, (laughs) And I tell them all the time, you know, make yourself happy, whether it be with your work, whether it be with your personal life. If you're not happy doing what you're doing or being with the person you're with, then focus on you like what makes you happy being you no one else no one else can make you happy but you and that's my parting words interesting that's good man that's good my dude man hey dude it's been great seeing you it's been great having you here it's always good to see a person from home always um, come to my city man so Thank you so much for coming through. Thank you for participating in this interview with On Purpose. Um, <laughs> that was part it. of the trip. That was part of the trip, man. So I appreciate it, my dude. Um, and I love you for it, my dude. So uh, we about to head out and go to bed because it's the latest shit. Um, but I want or early, depending on your point of view. And dep- or yeah, or early, or early. So um, I'll report to y'all. When I go to New Orleans, and uh, I'll let you know how it is, and you know we'll we'll keep you posted, man. Thank you everybody for listening. Um, you can find me on you know Stitcher, you can find me on SoundCloud. I'm out here. Uh, thank you all for listening to Chris Talks. This is a beautiful experience. I talk to my friends about their life. I talk to my friends about their experiences. I do this all so you can listen. And you can see these people, man, because everybody has a story. So without further ado, I, I, I bid you farewell uh, for now. And uh, remember to always be good for people, good to people. Peace. Thank you.